I really like the way the way you rub my. Uh... Oh, we're recording. My leg. Sorry, Ashley. <laughs> nope, we're leaving it in. There. In this episode of Man <laughs> versus Marriage, it's another open discussion. Not What's that it about? Open. No, it's not about that. <laughs> it's about complacency, and it ought to be a great one. So buckle up. Here we go. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Marriage. In this episode of Man vs. Marriage... I already did that part, you freaking idiot. Welcome back to another episode of Man vs. Marriage. It is I, the cute dog. You're laughing. <laughs> oh, I'm laughing. Why? Because you're having a moment <laughs> over there. And you're trying not to laugh at yourself. Well, you were rubbing my leg. And you know No, I love you just it. called yourself a freaking idiot. It had nothing to do with me rubbing your leg. You got me all out of sorts. Oh. That's the all problem. Your, all your blood went rushing the wrong direction, huh? Brain's power went the wrong way? Okay, so let's say it this <laughs> way. There is something deeply satisfying about you rubbing my thighs. It's weird. It's like a... Uh, it's like a stress On relief. switch? <laughs> well, I'm not talking about... Um, <clears throat> Any kind of an erectile activity. I'm talking about this the, the stress release when you are like doing some deep seated shiatsu squeezing to my thighs. It is like an incredible. And don't pretend like you don't understand. Don't sit <laughs> silent on a microphone like you don't understand because when I rub your thighs, you make the same racket. So fess up to it. In this episode, we're talking about what now? <laughs> Apparently about rubbing stuff. <laughs> that went sideways real quick. <laughs> That's what she said. No, okay. Anyway, <laughs> you know, I say this all the time, but the fact that I can still make you laugh, like legitimately, LOL, uh, it I, just cracks me I up. I guarantee you Chris is somewhere laughing hysterically at us going, now you know how I feel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's saying that to you, <laughs> exactly. right? Exactly. The thing is, is that we when we did that show, you know, in the moment, things seemed so funny. But then I would go back and listen to it, and I would be like, Quincy, that's not funny. It's not even dumb. It's something... And yet Chris fell out of his chair yeah. laughing. Legitimately, <laughs> yes. he fell out of his chair laughing, and that is just... Something I will never, ever, Me ever either. forget. Me either. Smiley face pajamas frowning. Right. I'll never, right. ever forget it. Well, today we're going to have a discussion, and it's going to be centrally focused around complacency. And you're going to see more topics like this coming out along with some uh, listener email. And a lot of these are going to be open discussion topics, which means I'm not going to bring a format to the show. 
you listen to the show, you know I like a process, you know I like to format, I like bullet points so that I can cover them line by line and give you some meat on the bone. But in this case, I, I believe it's very profitable for you, the listener, and for Jeannie and I together to take these topics and have open discussion because they're, you know, we are getting thousands of downloads. And each day I'll go and just take a peek. And I'm not necessarily as interested in how many downloads we get per day, but what are people downloading? Um, and looking at it, there is a lot. I mean, repeated with consistency, help my marriage, help my marriage. There's autism support. There's be a better man. There's help my marriage and on and on and on. So what we're going to give you, unless you send me an email, quincy at mvsmpodcast.com, unless you send me an email to say something different, we're going to give you these particular topics as an open discussion because I believe it can truly, it'll be thought provoking for you and in your own relationship, and in your career, and in your other relationships that have to do with friendships, etc. So these discussions selfishly help Jeannie and I to figure out maybe we'll have our own aha moment to where we're screwing up in our relationship and we bring it out right now. But it's something for us to talk about. Have your wife or your husband listen to an episode like this if they can stomach a podcast, because Jeannie cannot stomach a podcast. Um, Not if you want me to stay awake. And eventually, we're going to get our crap together, and we're going to have a consistent video option as well as just audio. We're going to do that. A lot going on in the Moran household, but we're going to do that. I assure you, it's coming. Um, with that being said, today we're going to talk about complacency. And it is... It is something that our marriage, marriages around us, marriages around our country, marriages around our continent, marriages around the world end up dealing with. Because we as couples tend to get caught up in our own world. And what that does is that creates an, an um, atmosphere of complacency because you're just kind of taking things for granted. You're not doing things intentionally. And I want to read a, a I want to read this definition to you. A profound difference between people, viewpoints, feelings, a deep fissure in the earth, rock or other surface. If you don't know what a fissure is, it is a it's like a crater like burrowing. It's a it's a large I know what a fissure is. Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> it's a it's a difference, it's a gap, it's a uh, something that's a fissure is something that moves and separates and creates a gap, a distance, a hole. It's called a chasm. And that's what complacency does. It's a product of something. It's a product of maybe you're overwhelmed. It's a product of maybe you're distracted. Maybe you're stressed. But you become hyper-focused on a particular situation, and then the other things around you can suffer. I mean, you know as well as I do, honey, we're talking about 
um, these things based on, you know, listener emails. We're talking about being complacent. We've been complacent in our own relationship. And is is there a topic or an idea or some kind of something you can think of off the top of your head of where you or I or us, we became complacent and it started to affect our relationship? Yeah, we just had one a few months ago because uh, we were getting busy with the job and your job changed over. The kids' um, schedules changed over. We had jobs starting for kids. And we just had a lot going on. So you and I, um, just a very basic, we realized that our sex life and our intimate time just became kind of routine. It was kind of, you know, it wasn't that we missed any time together. It was just simply not as involved or as, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It wasn't as intimate as it normally is. Yeah. It, it was just kind of, we knew we needed each other. We we knew we needed to have that connection. So we did just enough to have that connection. And that was that. And that's not like us at all. Yeah. And I mean, you know, a, a, a very, like a healthy sex life is crucial to a great marriage. It just is. Now, there might be... <laughs> actions positions um well for us it can be as simple as just laying down on the bed naked with each other and having a a heart-to-heart conversation about stuff that's going on prior to or after intimacy it's just it's a very vulnerable moment between the two of us where um we connect on every level not just physical yeah well, and that's why I say, you know, on the topic of sex, when you're talking about becoming complacent, there's activities that we do together that we thoroughly enjoy. I mean, it's the goods. And what happens is, you know, it's like, oh, I enjoy that. So you, you do it again, you do it again, and then you do it again, and you do it again. And before long, this is what you're doing. You're not mixing anything up. You're not being intentional about anything except for the outcome, which is an orgasm. And there's more, this might come as a surprise, fellas, but there's more to sex than just an orgasm. Or missionary. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't I don't think we get hindered by No, I'm that just, I'm not, much, I'm just saying. You're right, there you're are, right. there are, in conversations had in the past with other married couples, that was an issue where it's just one position or one outcome. And it's like, it's not my place to really say this, but I really want to enlighten you on a few things. Yeah. But, you know, like but, we're, like we're enlightened but I'm at just, all, but yeah, I get that's you. the point though. It's like, it, it just becomes that, that to me is when things become service rather than connection. And that that's when, um, you and I notice, okay, wait, this is, this is becoming mechanical. This is not becoming connective. Yeah. And, um, though, those are the moments that we kind of have our aha and go, okay, wait, what, what's getting in the way of this? Because why are we cutting ourselves short or why are we not taking the time to, you know, enjoy each other and spend Mm -hmm. the time talking and, and doing these things that we enjoy with each other and changing things up a little bit or, you know, um, doing something that might be out of the box for us. Why are we not in that mind frame right now? We're just kind of 
get in, get it done and move on. Yeah. And that that's really the easiest example I can give you just because that part of our life is extremely important mm-hmm. to our relationship, especially with you traveling and, and, um, you know, the things that you've got going on with work. It's like, we, we need that time before you go. And we need that time when you get back to reset you and I and make, I mean, there's never a question when you're gone of, you know, anything happening with someone else or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. just simply, I like to cuddle when we sleep and when you're not here, I don't get my cuddle time. So when you come home, that's something that's very, very important to me. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same with the sex. It's, I, I just need that reaffirming that you're with me and that we are on the same page because everything else can go to crap while you're gone. But when you come home, I need us to be on point. I need us to be, you know, solid and, and our foundation to be solid and our, our connection to be met. And then everything else will just kind of fall back into place. Yeah. And I, and so when, you know, we kind of have that philosophy, not kind of, we have that philosophy. The way you do one thing is the way you do everything. So when you get into a routine, even though it like feels good and ultimately there's part of the outcome that happens, like I say, it's not just about having an orgasm or exploding when you're having sex. Well, they, there's the other side that has to do with intimacy and connection. And there are from time to time, you and I will both, you know, kind of speak up about it. And I I think what happens and you know, just in this example that you've given, I'm going to give another example that I just thought of. But in this example, there was a change. Mm-hmm. And that change caused us to lose focus and then we became complacent and then we got into a routine mm-hmm. and neither one of us really <clears throat> ever want to be there we don't want to get caught in a complacence you know w- with complacency and in routine where we're just going through the motions because there's nothing that's intimate or you know, a, a connection there that's meaningful. I, I don't want to really say it that way because in the moment I'm definitely enjoying what we're doing, but you, it's, it's imperative that we in our relationship are doing things and we're doing them intentional and with a purpose. Well, okay. So use a different example. It's instead of just looking at sex, how about date night? We got to where, um, for a little while, again, we were busy. There was a lot going on. Um, We were trying to, with the change in the job and everything, we were trying to redefine our budget and what the household looked like and our bills. So we we stepped back from going out for a little bit. And in doing that, we got comfortable with eating dinner in the room and watching a movie together and just hanging out in the chairs. And... We had already done that when the COVID crap happened. That was the only real way that we could hang out was either in the room watching a movie or down by the fire pit. But we didn't have that issue anymore. We had just gotten comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. And so when it finally came about, it was like, you know, why aren't we going somewhere? Why aren't, why, I mean, at this stage in the game, let's go to a movie Mm -hmm. and make it a date. Yeah. You know, let's go somewhere and have a dinner away from everybody else because as much as i love my kids date night is date night stop knocking on my damn door but oh my gosh but we had gotten so comfortable with just because you and i honestly 
we could sit in silence and watch a movie or we could sit in a quiet room and I could be reading a book and you could be working on something and we are quite content just being together. Mm-hmm. But that's not us connecting. That's just us sharing space. There's time and place for both of those, you know. Exactly. But when it becomes, when it takes the place of that time that we have, the quality yes. time of going on a date or getting away, um, you know, doing these little things, even if it's just let's go on a drive. Mm-hmm. We have our best conversations on drives because there's no one with us. Yeah. You know, those are the kind of things that we just, we allowed it to slough off and we just didn't catch it until we started noticing, like, we're not really talking yeah. that and, much. And I, I don't have, um, I don't really have the receipts to back this up. I know I've heard it said, probably read it somewhere too. But human beings tend to take the path of least resistance. And once you get into a routine, it's almost like it's just kind of like clockwork. Now, there's a healthy routine, okay? There's a healthy routine that you you do, you know, on a quarterly, semi-annually, you know, annual basis that has to do with tradition, family traditions and things of that nature. But then there's this routine you get into where it's like you're not even thinking about it anymore you're just doing that. And and y'all constantly hear me in this episode talking about going through the motions. That means you're disengaged. Mm-hmm. And if you're disengaged, it's adding girth to your chasm. How'd you like the way that sounded? Yeah, that's not a good combination there, buddy. It's really not for your relationship either. It's not. So... When you're going through the motions and you've gotten into a routine and it's not something that's like profitable to you, it's not making you better. I mean, if you have the goal to get in the routine of reading 15 minutes a day, that's, I mean, I guess if you get deep in the weeds and granular about it, it can just become a routine that doesn't benefit you. But it's, that is a healthy practice. Mm-hmm. If you're going to the gym and you're in that routine, that's healthy. But while I'm thinking about it, even that can become unhealthy because then you stop challenging yourself. Well, yeah, if you don't change your routine after, I mean, just in our personal life, 12 weeks on this regiment and then we switch to something else and then it's the next routine comes in and now we're targeting different muscles or we're targeting different um, exercises to see what your mobility is or what your, I mean, even as simple as watching Mo, I, she's been at 15 pounds for X amount of weeks. And then she comes in and says, this is really super easy. And PJ's like, add five. Mm-hmm. If she didn't do that, the super easy just doesn't have any benefit behind it. Yeah. So <clears throat> in an effort not to take, you know, the path of least resistance, and to not get caught into a routine that is the result of complacency, what can you really do? And one of one of the things that stands out to me whenever we talk about this routine situation, before the pandemic hit, we were planned to go on an epic vacation, you and me together. Stupid COVID. We were going to see uh, Chris Stapleton. We were going to see Lauren Daigle. We were going to go see the Kings play the Predators in Nashville. We were going to see my family on the in Alabama. glass. 
It's pretty loud in the earphones. I'm pretty sure that sucked on the speakers. Oh, anyway. You, you have no idea. I sobbed over those tickets. I'm sorry, darling. <laughs> um, and then the pandemic hit, and it shut the entire trip down. Like and when hours before we left. And we were in the mode. <laughs> this is the mode we were in because I had just listened to the Kevin Hart book, you know, like a year and a half prior. And then I had watched his six-part series on Netflix. And this is a guy who came from nothing. Um, he did not come from riches. He had a broken home. His mother worked just feverishly to provide him opportunity. She provided him structure. She accounted for the minutes in his day. I mean, she was a woman of principle. His dad? No. His mm. dad was not a good dude. And he was not a healthy father. He was on drugs, etc. Um, if you haven't listened to his book, I Can't Make This Stuff Up, I encourage you to do so. Listen to it, because he talks, he reads the book and has commentary. If you haven't seen his um, six-part series on Netflix, I encourage you to see it. It'll give you greater context of what I'm talking about. But the thing I took away from that was the work harder mentality because Jeannie and I have things in our life we want to accomplish. We have things in our family we want to accomplish. And knowing that, we had planned getaways so that we could work harder and we had planned downtime so that we could recover. And when the pandemic came, I stayed in work harder mode. I mean, we weren't going to be able to go out anyway. So everything was about work harder, work mm -hmm. harder. And I, with that hyper-focus, I became complacent on our needs in our marriage. And before I knew it, some of those things had come back. Like, there are flags that tell me Jeannie is feeling lonely, that she's feeling distant. I started to see them, and I started to justify them, to say, A, well, it's A, B, and C. And it all came to a head. And we had to have a pretty lengthy discussion and as we were talking about it you know I think that's right around the time that you know my say it ugly clean it up scenario that that type of philosophy came out and we took a step back and I said oh my gosh there was a major change and I didn't recalibrate I stayed hyper focused and I became complacent in other areas of my life and it affected our relationship and I'm here to tell you, whether you know it or not, quite possibly that could be happening to you in some of your relationships or to you and your health or to you and your physical well-being or to you and your mental health. And quite specifically, it could be happening to you and your marriage. You may push back on me, and I'm okay if you do, but I'm the one who reads the emails that are coming in. Keep them coming. But I'm the one who reads the emails. And over and over and over again, men and women are being complacent in their marriage. It's creating a chasm. And some of these chasms are too deep and wide to be put back together. And it is heart-wrenching. It already seems like there's enough, like, fighting to 
come between you and your in your marriage mm-hmm. relationship. I mean, just tons. So many things. I've never done this, but I've only swipe left or swipe right, whatever app that is on. I mean, you can freaking get on your phone. This is what I'm told. You can get on your phone and find a local hookup and like swipe, have some sex, get your rocks off. They're gone. You're gone. And it's back to business as usual. No real meaningful intimacy, just sex for the sake of sex. No commitment required, no personal responsibility, and just keep moving on. Mm-hmm. And it's like society continues to push us into singleness. Like, um, I can't come up with a word I'm thinking, but it's like everybody needs to just be self-sufficient. And it's so funny that we watched Demolition Man not long ago. Oh, my gosh. And it was so, what's, what's an intelligent word I'm looking at? It was so reflective of today's society and where it's going to the point of the things you could say. And then when they were having sex, they put on some VR, virtual reality, sex, something. Let me just say no. Yeah, let me say no. No. And... What happens is this this sacred bond, this sacred covenant, this sacred relationship. It's dirty and it's messy, so we use VR instead. <laughs> the sacred <laughs> relationship that you have, which is completely a gift, but you have to work on it. It becomes less and less attractive because uh, it's inconvenient. It's not meeting this. It's not meeting that. It started out as something great, but now it's kind of an annoyance. I can handle it myself. Yeah, let's just go our separate ways. And then a part of yourself is lost. And in my opinion, getting married, making those vows, being a person of your word, being a man of your word, a man of your commitment is incredibly, incredibly important. It's like the paramount part to me. And when you're on your deathbed, if you're fortunate enough to, you know, to be surrounded by people who love you and, you know, to pass peacefully, who's going to be there and what's going to matter? And whose lives have you truly made a meaningful connection with? I'm not trying to get morbid, just saying that these are things that we need to consider so we can kind of take a step back and, and kind of catch a, a glimpse of perspective on complacency because in my opinion it's the relationship killer yeah you know those uh jeff foxworthy things it's like you might be a redneck yeah i jotted a couple things down i said i didn't have a structure to this but there were things that have kind of been repeatedly coming up that i'm like man these are these are some indicators here because these things are present in relationships that are separating or having strife or issues so it's like if you use the term that i'm really busy you might be complacent yeah don't do that babe (laughs) okay i won't but um it doesn't fit if you uh (laughs) it actually does it's it's just serious true funny but uh i don't know that was what was on my mind, so I did it. Not everything lands with a perfect 10. Um, if you are going through the motions, 
chances are you've become complacent. Now, there might be other factors. I'm the guy who wants to say it, say it right, and make sure that uh, even though it stings, that it still feels good. But the fact is, if you're going through the motions, you're disconnected. And it's time to remedy it. If you're not loving your wife intentionally, if you're not loving your children intentionally, chances are your focus has gotten off track, you're complacent, and you need to step up to the plate again. And right now, if you are giving me all kinds of reasons why and justifying your current habits, you're definitely being complacent. Or you have the product of complacency. So what I'm telling you today is that it's time to take a hard look. We talk about having hard talks all the time. Um, it's time to have a hard talk. Look in the mirror. Hold yourself accountable. Take a step back. And ask yourself if you've become complacent. And if you have, freaking own it. So that's, that's all you can do. you got to own it. I've got to own it in my life. I've got to own it when, when I get, when I see what is expected of me at work and what, you know, I'm a people pleaser. I want to make sure that people are proud of me, that I'm doing a good job. As stupid as it sounds, I'm, I, I want the feeling like I'm there to serve the people I work for like I would want people to work on my behalf. It's, I mean, it, it feels like a curse to me. I don't, I don't really know how to say it any other way, but uh, I'm trying to work on behalf of others like I want people to work on behalf of me because I, I really truly believe that... You have an ethical belief that not many, I think, um, still live up to. That could be true. It Maybe it is most likely 100% true. You know, okay, you're right, probably. I don't know why I keep going back to the maybe probably thing, but because I want to believe the best about people. Just go ahead and say I'm right. It's okay. We I'm right, it. and it's okay. <laughs> Smart ass. <laughs> yeah, yes I am. <laughs> but if you if you just take mine and GD's example... You've got the Quincy Marine guarantee already that we'll come and we'll share our life with you. Look at a change. Has a change taken place? And have you remained in routine? Have you become complacent in sex, in date night, in relationship, in work, etc.? You wanted to say something, go. Yeah, take a step back and look at your spouse. I mean, there are key indicators to you that Things have gotten complacent because I'll withdraw and go back to my books or my games or, <clears throat> you know, whatever I can do on my own that doesn't require personal interaction because I'm quite content on my own. I'm, I'm an introvert. I have no problem shifting into that gear. Now, I, I read my books every day pretty much at bedtime. Every single I day. Do. I love reading my books. Um, I'll play my game once in a while. If we're... <laughs> Yeah, on vacation I play it a lot. I'll play the game once in a while. But if I if that's all I'm doing and I'm not interacting or I'm not engaging in anything else, 
that's usually Quincy's red flag to say, okay, something's off. Yeah, and for me, it's like just you know being open about it. I'm I'm trying to learn how to walk that line for you because as an introvert, you it seems like you need time to yourself. I you, do. you could tell me better. I do. You know? it, it depends. Um, like right now, because there are so many things going on and we have so many variables up in the air as a, as a family, um, that time to pull back and read a book and just kind of put reality to the side helps me. Otherwise, my mind will spin on all of the things that are going on and what needs to be done. Um, but... It also took balance between you and I to say, okay, I'm doing this so much that now Quincy feels like I'm ignoring him or I'm taking time away from him and these are becoming more important. There's a balance there, but there's also a conversation that has to be had to say, you know, okay, can you limit yourself to 20 minutes in the bath with your book and then we can, you know, sit and watch a movie or hang out or whatever. I can do that. Because it still meets my need of shutting down and allowing me to not focus on every little detail that's going on. But it also gives me a balance to say, okay, set a timer because now I, I'm going to shift into this gear and I'm going to go spend time with you. It's a practice. Not everybody gets it right off the bat. I mean, it's something that we had to negotiate. Um, it's still kind of hard for me to say what the balance is because in times like this when things are so chaotic, I will go intermittently throughout the day and just shut down for 15, 20 minutes and read or go play my game or go find a quiet spot just to kind of clear my thoughts and then go back. <clears throat> you know, it's kind of like when you're working your job and you get your, your two tens and your, your 30 minute lunch. Okay. I, I take my tens when I need them. But, um, you know, if, if, if your spouse is withdrawing though, like if you notice that their face is in a book constantly, like, hours and hours and hours and they're not even acknowledging that you're in the room I would question you know I I did that for a while we had so much going on and I was so tired and there were so many things with Kirsten at the time it was like going into a book was my safe haven because I didn't have to face anything but that also we had so many issues going on with us that weren't being talked about that it made it worse yeah so it's funny that you say I didn't have to face anything because eventually if you're overcompensating for something, there will be something to face. Oh, we did. It yeah. did. It's, it was in Rita's office right across from her. But um, I didn't know that. Yeah. I was just trying to give myself an out. Yeah. You know, at the time. So there, it's not always that you're meaning to be complacent. It is simply sometimes there's just so much going on you don't know how to get to the, ne- the other side of it. Yeah. You know, and so you kind of get comfortable with, at least in, in whatever this routine is, I'm comfortable and I'm safe. But as soon as you start rocking that, man, you throw a speed bump in there and I'm done. Well, and, and I don't know if you've noticed like the past week, usually I like to just veg out to the TV the last 30 minutes before bed just to do nothing. And generally I stay awake for about, five minutes and just fall asleep in the chair. Yeah. Um, I know. I to close it, to, to close it out. <clears throat> uh, but this past week, instead, I've been doing a temperature check like every day for you. Mm-hmm. Seeing how you're doing, asking how you're doing. We're having conversations. Sometimes the conversation 
you know, goes longer than 30 minutes, it might go an hour and a half. But at least because, you know, with graduation and all the things going on in the Moran family, I want to make sure that you know I see you. Yeah. And I and I, I want to hear what's going on and give you that opportunity to express yourself. And it's it, it's increasingly more difficult with, you know, my travel schedule right now because it's not it we're not used to I don't really even want to get used to this, but me leaving for say, you know, four like four nights mm-hmm. being gone. So it won't always be this way, you know, like like we say it's it's for now, it's not it's not forever, it's for now, but you know, I it it's imperative that we as a group, you if you're the only one in your marriage that listens to this, take a step back and ask some questions to your spouse. Just take some time to to stop and think about your relationship. What do you, what do you think is a question that you know, you can, like a guy could ask his wife. I know you don't know every wife out there, but what's a question that I can ask you if I kind of feel like something is off? I think I know what question I would ask, but usually from your perspective. Usually for me, you ask me, how's my heart? That That's usually the first one if you think something's going on. Or um, like lately, because there have been some mm-hmm. um, very emotional situations for me going on. Um, you ask me how my heart is, or you'll ask me, um, you know, how, how can I help you? Or, um, you know, do you, what do you need from me in this situation? Sometimes it's just as simple as crawling in bed and forcing me to cuddle with you for a few minutes. Cause I'll fall asleep on my own if he's sitting in the chair, but he knows that cuddle time is very important to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I don't always seek it out, but sometimes the fact that you create it anyway mm-hmm. helps. It just lets me settle back into a deeper sleep. And it's all, it's, those kind of things are more my own personal. So it's not necessarily that's for everybody. But I'm one of those people that I, I need a little bit of touch before I sleep. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, depending on the terminology that you use with your wife, if y'all developed a like a check-in language Cookies. or buzzword, et cetera, I mean, I think how's your heart is a good question. You know, another one is, uh, you know, just like, honey, do you feel loved? <coughs> I mean, that's a big open-ended question. I think the one I use with you a lot is where's your head in this? Because it, it sometimes... Your heart is in one place, but your mind is running ragged because maybe you're angry or there's a lot going on or, you know, like now with a lot of different variables moving, you and I are constantly shifting our thought process and what needs to be done and how it needs to be attacked. (laughs) But then there's also the outside people or situations that are kind of talking and, um, I like to ask Quincy often, where's your head in this? So for me, it's it's not so much checking his emotional state. His emotional state is finding out what are you thinking? And then it helps me to gauge whether you're attacking yourself. Are you taking in the negative? 
Are you weeding it out? It just gives me an idea of where you're at. And it also helps me know a little bit better when you're home, what needs I need to approach mm-hmm. without having to actually ask you, what do you need? It, I, I can sometimes tell just by where your headspace is. Okay. He needs to be affirmed in what's going on. He needs to be affirmed in who he is. Sometimes it's just, you need to reconnect with me because a lot of things seem to be going all over the map. So, I know that you need to connect with me physically so that you and I are on point and that will settle some of that other stuff. Th- those are the ones that I think you and I have really, really honed in on in the last few years is though those are key ones that, that tend to be more like buzzwords for us. When we hear those questions, we both stop and automatically go, okay, wait, I know what you're looking for and I know why you're looking for it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's wise. You know, another couple of things is, you know, just are your needs being met? And and if they're, and if yes, you know, it's like, you know, how can I help right now with anything else? Or, you know, just no, they're not being met. Well, how can I help? And that might open up a tirade of, you know, lashing out. Or I don't know how your relationship is or how you've developed it. But I do believe it's extremely important to do that temperature check. I mean, one of the, the the other things that was like complacency issue on our part is, you know, right when the when the pandemic hit, we were doing this coffee talk that mm-hmm. the one marriage had talked to us about. And Jeannie was not traveling anymore. Everything was basically happening at home. And it's like, well, I don't really see the point in this. And I disagreed. But I said, I get it, okay, you know, you're not doing the traveling and whatnot now. You're not going to pick kids up here and there and everywhere. So we don't necessarily need that. But when things opened back up and there was a, you know, schedule kicked back in and we didn't have sense enough to say, hey, it's time for us to start checking in on our calendar again to see what is going on. So, you know, that is, those are adjustments that if you're not... If you're not being intentional about them, and sometimes so much is going on, it's hard to remember, but, you know, you can use your phone to remind you sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, just rem- put a reminder in there. Stop. Think about your relationship. Have some gratitude for it. Are you being complacent? Just anything that's going to bring you back to that mindset to make sure that, you know, we're we're definitely doing what we're doing on purpose for a purpose. And what that purpose is, is something that you will have to decide. I thought that was the funniest thing when, when our calendars finally synced up on the phones, there's all these little spots at random. They're not guaranteed days. It just says your wife's thoughts about you today. And I was like, what is this? And that, that was for him to stop and check with me to see where am I at today? What am I doing? How's my head? You know, well, it's twofold. Because you sent me a text message one time that had your thoughts about me. Mm-hmm. Um, and Only so one? this particular one was at the perfect time. So I copied it, I pasted it into a calendar, and I set it to just remind me every so often. Candace has that. Um, Jeff and Candace, who were on a while back, he sent her a message once and she saved it to her phone and he saved it to his phone so when situations come up or um, she's feeling down or whatever 
he'll resend the same text with a little note that says, just remember. And then it has a, a line of all the reasons he loves her or all the things that she's accomplished. Or there's, there's a couple of them that she holds on to, but he, he keeps them in his notes. Mm-hmm. And when things come up, he'll send them to her. Yeah. And, it, you know, there have been situations lately that have caused, you know, my faith in humanity to just completely break down. Um, but to get back to earth sometimes, your wife's thoughts about you, hopefully they're, you don't save a negative text to think, you know, your wife's thoughts about you, but, you know, that's something that I can go to and say, you know what, if there's nobody else on the planet I can trust, here is this one woman that I trust with everything inside of me. And why would I care what anybody else thinks about me, you know, more than I would think about what she cares about me. And that sometimes kind of recenters me, rebuilds my confidence in the moment, and then helps me to move forward. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's about a, that's probably a good place right there to just kind of wrap that up. Um, I'd love to know what your thoughts are. I'd also, I don't do this hardly ever, which I should probably do it more often, but if you're listening to the show and you enjoy it, a five-star rating would be awesome. If you're listening to the show and you hate it, but you don't know how to give a rating, just email me. I'll help you not figure that out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but if you listen to the show, um, what that does is it just helps more people discover the show. And the reason that's important to us is because it it essentially opens or builds the platform in order for more people who may be where you are struggling in a situation or in their marriage to find the help that they need from regular people, from just regular people just like you. And so if you would, go and, uh, you know, you can jot something that's really nice and you can say some really great things about me um, and talk about how much you admire me as an Alabama fan, etc. What? You're so humble. It's just amazing. Are you saying I'm not humble? Nope. I'm going to let you listen to this recording later and you tell me if you're humble. I'm asking people to say nice things about me. You're telling them what nice things to say about you. If we roll the tape back, I'm making it an option. Okay? Mm-hmm. You get that? You freaking get that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, yeah, just if you would um, go rate the show, and if you have something nice to say, please say it. If you have something negative to say, follow your mom's instructions. If you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. Kidding. But don't forget about the email address, Quincy at MVSMpodcast.com or Jeannie, J-E-A-N-N-E at MVSMpodcast.com. Give the show a rating and review. Send us an email if you have some feedback or if we can help you with a particular topic. I hope you found some value in this today. Pass it on to a friend and go out there and be the best Man, you can possibly be. Anything else, honey? No. 
Fantastico. Mucho te crece. I love that movie. Anyway, she is Gina Moran. I am Quincy Moran, and this is Man vs. Marriage. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose. For a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Mary, the podcast.